This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Amen. Good to see all of you this evening. Glad you can be with us uh, here tonight. want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us as well. Hope you got a Bible there someplace you can grab a hold of. We're going to look at the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty. Because praise God, Jesus said you'd come to know the truth, and what would it do? Make you free. Glory to God. So let's open our Bibles. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. I hope you had a great week thus far. Praise God. You know, they were talking about it becoming so hot, but it uh, at least it hadn't found its way here quite yet, right? Wouldn't you agree? Were you up this morning? It was beautiful this morning. huh? Now, I don't know what it's going to be like three days from now. It might be, you know, 95% humidity and 80 degrees. Who knows? But it'll be good anyway. Did you find... 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's pray together, and then uh, we'll get into what I want to share with you tonight. Praise God. Father, we love you. And as we come, Father God, before you, we just want to thank you again for your holy living word. And Father, we come, Father, with reverence and humility. We thank you, Father, that the word, the entrance of your word, gives light and illumination and understanding. And God, we delight in you tonight. Father, I thank you for every promise you've made. And I rejoice in your goodness and mercy. I thank you for what you accomplished in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to provide freedom and liberty to each and every one of us. So thank you, Father. We declare it tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Let's start with verse 1 here, if we could, in chapter 17. Familiar story, I know, with many of you. It says that the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. And they were gathered together in uh, Shoko, which, is, which belongs to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and uh, that Azekai, I guess you would say, in Ephesus, Damien. Why can't they just say they were down by Carson and they moved over here by, you know, Avoca and some of those different... Wouldn't that make it a little easier? Anyway, they were there. Verse 2, it says, And Saul and the men of Israel, they gathered together and pitched in the valley of Elan. And they set uh, the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountains on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountains on the other. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and and a span. So in other words, if you don't know what that is, that means he was nine foot, nine inches tall. He's a big guy, okay? Goes on then, as we read in verse 5, he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, why are you come out to set yourself, uh, set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Why don't you just choose a man for you and let him come down to me? And if he be able to fight and to kill me, or fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you can be our servants and serve us. 
And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and very or greatly afraid. question I have for you this evening is, is, has life ever had this kind of an effect on you? You know, we've had challenges. We do have challenges. But isn't it just like the world to come out and, as the Scriptures say, defy? In other words, almost mockingly, you know, contend with your life to say, who do you think you are? Just come on out here and we'll see who can win. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this evening because, you know, even though we have these types of uh, things that happen within our lives, I, I, I want to talk to you again about the transformative change and, and place or position that you and I as believers have in Christ Jesus. I mean, even though there are the Goliaths of the world and all of the stuff that comes our way, thank God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But one thing that's important in that, inherently important, is that you know the reality of it. It's not enough for us just to read it in the Bible. It's not enough for the pastor, you know, to stand up and tell you these truths. What needs to happen is, is we need to know them as a reality within our own hearts and in our own lives. Because I'm telling you, Jesus Christ paid a price for you to be able to have that. Hallelujah. And it's important as believers to be able to walk in the light of that because, you know, I've said this so many times, but I want to say it to you again. You know, if you're a believer, if you're washed in the blood, if you've become a child of God, everything changed when that happened. I mean, you went from being the victim to the victor. You went from being the one who was being overthrown to the champion. You moved residence into the kingdom of God's dear son. And so when you became a follower of Christ, everything changed. Now, what's interesting to me about it is, is that, you know, a lot of times people walk the aisle, they'll give their hearts to Christ, they'll repent, they'll receive him as their Lord and Savior, but they never do anything else with it. It never really goes any further than that. It's kind of like, okay, you know, I'm so glad that you know, I know Jesus now and that I'm going to go to heaven. But there's, there's so much more to that than just salvation in the context of just having heaven as your home. Salvation is all-inclusive. You know, it's, it's about your entire... I mean, he saved and delivered your entire life, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. So it's so important for us to realize, you know, that when this takes place, that there should be a pursuit of the truths that are in the Word of God so that you and I can discover and experience the realities of what it is that Christ has done for us. Now you think, for example, take for example, you know, a person who has a substance abuse problem or addiction or something of that nature, you know, when you read in the Word and you find out and discover, praise God, that Jesus delivered you from the bondages of whatever it is that has you bound, and you come to know the reality of that, I mean, praise God, it changes your life. 
And countless multitudes of people have come to the place, praise God, of realizing that I don't have to be bound by anything and that, thank God, I can walk in the light of the Word of God and be free in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? And I mean, I could go through our congregation. I could, I could point to person after person who once was bound by, you know, a destructive kind of lifestyle living. And all of a sudden, Jesus got a hold of them and, praise God, set them free. Hallelujah. Now, they may have had to experience a little bit of it. They had to go out and kill the giant. Are you listening to me? But thank God they did, and it changed everything. So, you know, the things that Christ has done, they're, they're, they're so profound, and they're so glorious, you guys. I mean, to be able to sit in your living room with peace in your heart, even though everything else around you might be coming apart, thank God we know that our Redeemer lives and that we can have joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Not the stuff that the world offers, but His joy, His peace, and His glory in our lives. It's, there's no price you can put on it. For everything that's going on in the world today, I mean, I'm thanking God I know Jesus. Because if I didn't, I'm not sure what I would do. And there's a whole lot of people that are wondering. But uh, again, it's so profound and glorious what he's done. And it's, it's worthy. It, it, it is so worthy of our unwavering effort to come into the knowledge of the truth. You know, the whole idea in heaven is, is for you and I in this earthly life to be conformed into the image of God's dear Son, to be like Him, to learn His ways, to know. And see, the thing about it is you can't learn His ways and know His truth and walk in the light of it, you know, if you don't know what that is, if you don't know what He's done. But I tell you what, praise God, He came and set the captive free. I'll give you a great example. The woman, you know, that was taken in adultery. Here's a woman that was basically living in sin. I mean, she was in wrongdoing. And she was, you know, found, and they drug her into the street, humiliated her, and all of these different kinds of things. And, and here is the son of the living God standing before this woman and going through this process, which we won't take time to get into. But at, at the end of it, you know, no one was standing there, and Jesus said to this woman, now you, gotta, you can't tell me that this was not a life-altering uh, experience that this woman had. She said, he said, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. Now, did Jesus have the right to condemn her? Absolutely. Was she in the wrong with what it is that she had done? Absolutely. She was guilty. She was condemned. There was all of those different kinds of things. But Jesus' response to her was, neither do I. Go and sin no more. God wants people to be free. God doesn't condone sin. He loves sinners, but he hates the sin. You know, we live in a world here where people want to make, you know, they want to cut deals, they want to make compromises. You can't do that. It's either his way or no way. And thank God we can live his way because he's empowered us to do just that. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so when we go back to this story about David and Goliath, you know, Goliath's basically a type of the world or a, well, it symbolizes the world and the devil. 
who just stands and, you know, gets right up in your grill and just defies you to even think that you can be a child of God and live victoriously in this life. You know, and, and it's just that way in the world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, and they, they talk their junk, you know, and they do all this and that and the other to try to deter people from this, you know, threatening, oppressive, overbearing, seemingly ominous, insurmountable, appearing to have the upper hand, peddling doubt, fear, discouragement. But listen, my friends, praise God, nothing could be further from the truth for the child of God like you. Because I'm telling you, God sent his son so that you could be a winner with God. Are you listening to me? And the fact of the matter is, you are. You're not going to be. Praise God, he has made you, again, more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Everybody say, I'm more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Whether you know it looks like it, whether you feel like it, or any other thing, you are because of being in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And, and think about this with me. Here we have this record in Samuel chapter 17. And let me ask you a question. Why is this story in the Bible? Why is it there? I mean, is it just there to take up space? Is it there, you know, so that we can, you know, have something, I guess, to read or whatever? No, 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 no. Praise God, it is a written record of something that happened with and through a man who decided to trust God and, praise God, overcame overwhelming circumstances to come out on top, praise God, and become victorious. Or we could say it this way, it's, in, it's to encourage you in knowing that what God can do when you put your trust in him, hallelujah, and know this, that you're never, ever alone. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, I mean, there was an occasion in his life where loneliness set in big time. And, you know, he talked about how that everyone would be scattered, and they were. But he said, I'm not alone. And I tell you, dear friends, tonight, you're not alone. People you're watching, you know, uh, um, in the stream, you're not alone. We're not alone anymore if we're a child of God. And we do face giants. We face giants of discouragement. We face giants of health issues. We face giants of financial and, uh, needs and different things of this nature. But I'm telling you, glory to God. In every one of them, we are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. He's got the ability. I mean, if he's got to rain it down out of heaven, baby, he can make it happen. Huh? Sure enough, he can. Glory to God. So there's never been a more important time in your life to believe all that God has promised. I tell you, praise God, I mean, we need to be of those that believe. See, the Bible says, don't cast away your confidence or your assurance. It has a great recompense or reward. In other words, when you, when you don't allow your confidence to be swallowed up by the world, there's a reward that comes with it. And when you endure, the Bible says, praise God, and you're going to have to deal with stuff. How many of you know we're going to have to deal with stuff? But I'm telling you what, the outcome of that, you're going to be on top. You're going to be the winner, not the loser. Are you listening to me? 
Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and you say, well, what's that all about? Well, then you can have a testimony. See, you can't have a money without a test. Huh? You say, but I don't like tests. Well, uh, I don't know that any of us get a real big charge out of it. But we're in this world, not of it. Are you listening to me? And so thank God. You know, but to believe in what it is that God has promised in these days is an essential. Are you with me? And the Bible says that all things are possible to him that what? Well, the antithesis of that would be that it, not much is possible if you don't. Huh? So we need to be on the believing side. And, and again, Mark chapter 9, verses, I don't know, somewhere in 22 or 7 or somewhere in there, this, this man, he brought his, his son to, uh, to the disciples, actually to Jesus, to get the devil cast out of him, and they couldn't do it. And, you know, Jesus, he just rebuked him. He said, you bunch of faithless and, and you know, uh, unbelieving generation. And he, he cast the devil out. And the guy said, if you can do anything, help me. I like what the New Living Translation says. He said, if I can, all things are possible to him that believes. It's not a question of what God can do. It's a question about what you can believe. Are you with me? And, and that's no indictment against anybody. I'm just telling you the truth, praise God, that, you know, believing is a good thing. We all ought to believe. Mary, she said, be it unto me according to your word. What did the angel say? For with God all things are possible. Isn't that right? You know, so when it comes to your life, the challenges that you might be facing again in any given area of your life. How many of you know God is interested in everything that's going on with you? Absolutely everything. I mean, whether it's relational, if we're talking about relationships that are strained or struggling or almost at an end or maybe completely broken or whatever, I'm telling you, God is in interested in what it is that's going on in your life. The Bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. And guess what? He, I think he knows our hearts better than we do sometimes. Are you listening to me? So, <clears throat> so all things are possible. You know, uh, this is something, remember, and it's always in, an, you know, in this threatening kind of thing where you're not going to make it and you're such a loser and I don't know why and blah, 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 blah. I mean, whatever, however it manifests itself, it always is this oppressive, almost overwhelming and certainly threatening kind of circumstance that comes your way. In another story that we have with King Jehoshaphat, there were basically three or four kings that made an alliance uh, with one another, and they came against uh, Jerusalem and, Ju and Judah. And he was the king of, this, of, of the people of Israel at the time, this, these particular tribes. And, and he just said, man, God, we don't know what to do. You know, we're, we're no match for this. You know how many times in our lives sometimes we come up against stuff and we're no match for it? Huh? But thank God we're not alone. We may not be the, you know, the thing in and of ourselves that can do it, but thank God we're not alone. We're with him. Hallelujah. He said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's a good prayer. And then the Spirit of God came on Jehaziel the next day when they went out to battle. How many of you know you got to go? I said, you got to get up. You got to pull on your bootstraps and you have to go. 
And while they were out there, Jehoshaphat gave them one more pep talk and said, hey, believe in the Lord your God and you will prosper. Believe his prophets and you will be established. Again, the antithesis of that would be that if you don't believe, you won't. Huh? Well, thank God we know the story. They turned on one another, you know, and they actually ended up, their enemies killed one another. And they killed everybody, all of them. So when, when Israel actually came to the place, it was all over with. Isn't that just like God? And it took them three days. Everybody say three days. It took them three days to carry off the spoil from a battle they had nothing to do with. And it was because somebody chose to believe God. Woo! Glory to God. I, you know, I'm not ready to preach myself happy here. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You say, well, you know, I, I, that's good for them, but it doesn't help me. What do you mean it doesn't help you? Hey, you got a testimony here of something that happened in somebody's life. You can say, hey, 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 I'm in that line. Why don't you be in that line? You know, instead of saying, well, you know, that never works for me. And, you know, I know, you know, this says that and whatever. And, you know, you, you're pretty excited tonight. And I, I know you're all jazzed up, you know, but I just don't know about all these. Well, if you stay there, you'll never, ever experience what these people did and take three days to haul everything home. So what do you want? I say, you got to decide. Amen. You can let the naysayers tell you it's not true. I remember when my wife and I first got started in the word of faith and learning, you know, what it is that God had provided for us in redemption. I mean, man, dude, naysayers came out of the woodwork. Oh, that's not what it says. That's not what it means. No, that's not for you. That was died with the apostles, you know, all of this power stuff you're talking about in your life, blah, 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 blah. I'm so glad we decided not to listen to them and chose rather, praise God, to believe the word of the living God. Hallelujah. You know, the devil's always trying to drag people down into his hole. And you just got to say, I am not going back. I am not going where I was. I am going to move up higher. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, when God came down to Israel um, um, and, and chose Moses to be their leader, he said, I've heard the affliction of my people. Now, they were not heads, okay? They got themselves in this problem. But because it became so grievous, they finally came to a place where they repented and they called on God. You know, if you read the Old Testament, I mean, that's pretty much the way it goes. History has a way of repeating itself. And the same thing's true with people. You know what I'm saying? We don't think we need God, and then we get out in the weeds someplace, discover we're lost, and if we got a, a brain in our head and any sense at all, we'll get down on our knees right where we are and say, God, I am not very smart. Please forgive me and help me. It's a good prayer. Well, that's what they did. And, and when, when God called Moses to be uh, their deliverer, or their leader, I guess you would say, he said, I have come down to lift them up and take them out of their mess. 
And that's exactly why he sent Jesus. He sent him down to be among us, pay the price, so that you and I could be lifted up out of our mess. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I know that this is be, you know, kind of a stretch for you, but it wouldn't hurt it wouldn't hurt even with this smaller group to just give God a great big round of applause for what it is that he's done for you right now with some gusto. Amen. Cuz he's done it. Are you with me? When your team hits a, you know, a home run, you know, people get excited. When they make a touchdown, they get excited. You ought to get excited. But see, the world, the devil, all of the things that are around us try to steal our joy and take it away. But I'm telling you this much about it. I'm telling you, when you became a child of God, whether you ever realized it or not, when you became a child of God, you became a victor, not a victim. You became a champion in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And he wants you to walk in the light of that. Again, you know, we shared these scriptures, I think, I don't know if it's Wednesday or Sunday. I get confused. No, I, I guess my son preached Sunday. But, you know, last Wednesday night, hey, the Bible says you, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah, the greater one is on the inside of you. The God that is more than enough is on the inside of you to put you over in life no matter what the challenge is. Are you listening to me? That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Hallelujah. And so you can rejoice in that. The Bible says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He, he gives us the victory. Say, I've got the victory. You say, well, it sure don't look like it. It doesn't matter how it looks. When David went out there with those five uh, smooth stones in his little pouch and his slingshot, it didn't look like much either. But he said, you're coming to me with a sword and a spear. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today, God is going to deliver you into my hands so that everyone will know that there is a God in Israel that delivers in a mighty kind of way. That's the God we serve. That's the God that has purchased you and made you who you are. Hallelujah. So you could tell the devil, whatever it is that he's been peddling, you could just say, ah, I am not going to listen to that. I am not going to receive that because it's not true. The devil is a master liar. And he can move things around and make things say a lot of different things. But if it isn't according to the Word of God, you don't have to listen to it. Another scripture says that God always causes us. Always causes us. Let me say that again. <clears throat> always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Always. 
I mean, you know, you, you look at things going on in your life, everything seems to be going sideways, the wrong way, down way, whatever it is. I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. Praise God. You can just laugh at the devil. Glory to God. And people, you know, they would think about, well, that is such nonsense. I mean, you need, you need to have your head examined, Pastor, if you think that I'm going to laugh at what's going on in my life. This is not funny. Well, I didn't say the circumstance is funny. I'm telling you, praise God, it's good to know that the devil is a liar and he cannot keep what God has blessed you with. Hallelujah! You know? So it's your actions, your word, your faith, your believing. Amen. You know, I mean, you know, if you got somebody in a wheelchair, you know, and they come up and say, listen, I'm going to knock the living daylights out of you. I'm going to get up here right now, and I'm just going to, you know, light you up. Well, you know, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be uh, uh, insensitive or anything like that, but, I mean, you'd think in, inside you'd go, uh, no. I mean, after all, you're in the chair. I'm standing up. I mean, how's that going to work? It's not. And the same thing's true with the devil if you will just believe what God said instead of all his barking. Are you listening to me? And I'm not minimizing, you know, the fact that we've got situations, and I'm not saying they're not real. But I'm telling you there is a God in heaven that is bigger and greater and stronger and more powerful than anything you will ever face in your life because of what Jesus did for you. And praise God, like I said, if he's got to come down himself, he'll take care of it. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen? You know, when Paul was writing, he said, what shall we say then to these things? What things? Whatever it is that's coming against you. What are we supposed to say to them? If God be for us, who can be against us? Man, I'm telling you what, you're on the winning team. Amen. If you know you're going to win the game before it starts, that's exciting. Huh? Glory to God. He said, no. He, you know, he talked about all the tribulations, perils, you know, different things, you know, that we face in life. He said, no, and all these things. Everybody say all these things. All these things. It's your financial situation, all these things. It's your health situation, all these things. It's your relational issues, it's all these things. If it's your, you know, um, uh, peace and undisturbed, it's all these things. In all these things, in all these things, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. I win. I said, I'm winning. Glory to God. I'm not a loser. He made me a winner. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. The narrative that's being communicated in the world today is to try to convince people that they're victims, and they're not. And yet they believe it. And so they want all this and that and the other and whatever. Man, and they don't even know how good they got it. Are you listening to me? You're not a victim. You're a victor. And praise God, you need to act like it and believe it. So let's go on reading our story here. You know, David, he, he's not aware of what's going on. He's just taking care of the sheep. His dad says, hey, go check out your brother, see what's going on. Take all this provision and uh, bring back word and let me know what's going on. So he goes out there, you know, and he sees this thing. And they've been doing this for 40 days, over a month. You know, like from, say, almost the 1st of June till now. 
You know, twice a day, this overgrown knothead is going out there and saying, Hey, you got anybody? And mocking them. And remember, when they heard his voice and they heard what he said, it says, the Bible says, that they were much discouraged and greatly what? Afraid. Fear. And that's what the devil will do. He'll try to impose fear into your heart about what are you going to do? 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 You know, I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. Hallelujah. Let's drop down in our story here for the sake of time. Look at 23. Uh, in verse 23, uh, as David talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same word, and David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, what about you? You wake up, you open your mail, and you see something. You wake up, the phone rings, and you hear something, or whatever. Well, it says here, when they saw the man, um, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Verse 25, and the men of Israel said, have you seen this guy? Have you, have you seen him? Isn't that like the world that we live in, you know, and the things that come against us to try to keep us from moving forward, from having what God has promised to enjoy what it is that heaven and redemption has provided? The same, that's what, this is exactly what happens. You know, people say, well, have you seen this? Have you heard that? Did you hear the other thing? I hear a lot of stuff right now. And a lot of it's nothing but a bunch of lies. You know, now they're trying to rev up this thing about COVID again. I mean, for crying out loud, give me a break. And yet the CDC, they're supposed to be somebody and... You know, Dr. Fauci, I mean, he's supposed to be somebody. Here's a guy that's been vaxxed about 460 times from every way but loose, and he still gets sick. Yeah, these vaccinations, this stuff is really good stuff. So now they want you to do number six. Stupid. And it's just nothing but a bunch of lies. And they've already proved that, you know, the mortality rate is worse or is at its highest amongst those who have had all the vaccinations. More of them are dying than the ones. they got more susceptibility, are you listening to me, than the ones that have been naturally immune to it. But they're lies. <clears throat> so there's a lot of stuff that's being said. Where were we? We were reading until you interrupted me. Oh, 25, thank you. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man? Surely to defy Israel he's come up, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him <laughs> with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Now, dude, that's a deal. You're going to get rich, you get the king's daughter, and you're tax-free for the rest of your life. Now, that's cool. Huh? So what ends up happening here? 
Verse 26, David spake to the men that stood by him and said, what did he say? That's essentially what he said. Just say that again. What's going to be done to the man who takes care of this guy, you know, that kills the Philistine, takes this reproach? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, here's a 15, 17-year-old kid that for the first time hears this and says, what's going on? And all of Saul's army are running the other way. Fear breeds fear. You get one guy fear, fearful, and pretty soon it'll go like a house of wildfire, man. And it goes through people, and nobody wants to do anything. But thank God he's not given us the spirit of fear. Amen? Notice in 27, the people answered him, after this manner, saying, so shall be done to the man that kills him. And, uh, you know, so it's a good deal. Let's drop down again for the sake of, well, <clears throat> wait a minute. Before we go any further, let me, let me make this statement. It's so often, and this is very normal, but it doesn't have to be this way. We have to learn to uh, act and respond differently. But we, we, we place limitations on ourselves because of our current surroundings and circumstances. The current surroundings and circumstances of your life are temporal, and they are subject to change. They can be changed. People say, well, it'll never change. That's not true. It can sure enough change if you're willing to do whatever it takes in order for change to happen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You're not bound. Thank God. You've got liberty. You've got freedom. You've got choices. You, ha you have a way to make decisions that'll make a difference in your life. And so we're bound by these limitations so often in our lives. And I could use different examples, but, you know, it's because of what we see or don't see. It's because of what we think. Many of us, you know, we've been conditioned by our surroundings, you know, maybe our parents, you know, weren't the best in encouraging us. And so, you know, that's been embedded on the inside of us. Whether you like it or not, this stuff, you know, it impacts your life, you know. And so, so we're bound by it in terms of how we think. And consequently, all of that causes us to believe certain things and we just stay put. Are you with me? You know, they'll write a story sometimes on a person. They did this for such and such, and, and they've been doing it for like, you know, 25 or 30 years. And all of a sudden, dude, they just pull up stakes, take off, and go start doing something completely different. And people, I mean, they're just like amazed. You can't do that. I mean, what do you mean? What do you, how, how do you do that? Well, you know, they just decided, you know, I want to do something different. And they were willing, everybody say willing, you know, to do what it is that they needed to do in order to go do something different. Is there a risk? Yep, absolutely. Yep, there's a risk. But I tell you what, praise God, if you've got something on the inside of you in your heart, you need to go for it. You only get one shot at this anyway. You do know that, don't you? Huh? Once we go to heaven, then there's something else we'll be assigned to do. But God wants all of us, wants you to, to get a vision of what can and should be in your life. Woo! You know? He's not done with you. He's not through with you. I don't care how old you are. You can't just say, well, you know, well, I'm pretty old. Well, you know, uh, Methuselah was like 900 and something. So stop it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, I mean, think about it with me for a little bit. But the reality is, is things like that can keep you from doing 
something that you want to do or what could be done. You want to travel? Well, I'm too old for that. Who said that? Well, you know, I've got this, that, that. So what? Why don't you just go make provision? Do whatever it is you have to do to adjust, to change, to do whatever. I mean, if you've got something in your heart you want to do, man, go for it. Are you listening to me? But God wants us to get a vision of what can and should be in our lives. And that vision comes through the Word of God. I mean, when you get enough of the Word of God, I mean, it'll, the Word of God is like something that causes people to become pregnant. And all of a sudden, they start giving birth to all kinds of things. The Word of God is such an incredible thing. Hallelujah. You know, I say it all the time, get in the book, let the book get in you. If it gets in you, it'll change you for the good. I said for the good. Now let's go on reading here. Notice in verse 32, let's drop down there because uh, he finds out what's going on. His brothers get after him. And then in 32, David said to Saul, he said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. I mean, how's that happen? Can you help me out on this? How does a 15 to 17 year old kid say, hey, this is not a problem. I'll do it. Huh? While everybody else is running the other direction, here's this young teenager going, I got this. Something had to be on the inside of him for him to be able to stand up and say, we can make this happen. Woo, glory to God. And even Saul, you know, I mean, here's the king. He said, dude, you got bats in your belfry. There ain't no way you're going to be able to do this. You are nothing but a runt kid, and, and this guy has been a warrior from his youth. In other words, you go out there, and he is going to eat your lunch. But not to be denied. Oh, I tell you, thank God for a faith-filled response. Thank God for having the spirit of faith. Come on. Notice what it says here as we read here in verse 33. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, but you are but a youth. He's been a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, hey, 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 your servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after them. Everybody say, I got to go. See, you got to go. You can't just stand by and say, okay, God, I'm waiting for you, baby. I mean, you know, the preacher, he was pretty stirred up last night, and I'm pretty excited about that, and I'd like to have me some of that. And he'll say to you, you got to go. So notice what it says here in this verse. How many are you glad you came tonight? It's took, taken a while, but we're there. Hallelujah. Notice it says in verse, uh, verse 35, and, he, and I went out after him, I smote him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, smote him, and slew him. The servant slew, your servant, slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine sh shall be as one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he is going to deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul just said, well, well, the Lord be with you and to you as well, you know. In other words, I don't think he had a whole lot of confidence, huh? But David did. What David had? He had the spirit of faith. He believed God. He said, this guy's going to be just like them. 
And here's the reason why, not because I'm something, but because he's defied the armies of the living God. So when the devil tells you that you can't do this and you can't have that and you're never going to this and whatever the case might be, you can say, you're a liar. I'm a child of the king. Hallelujah. And you can praise God, have whatever it is that you can believe for. Glory to God forevermore. So, you know, they tried to drape him with Saul's armor and that didn't work out too well. He says, I haven't proven any of this. I don't know what's going on here, but I know something that'll work. You know, you kind of got to do what you know to do. Huh? You can't do what somebody else does. You do what you do, you know? And so he put his stuff together and away he went. Now let's drop down to verse 41. And the Philistine came on, drew near to David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And the Philistine looked about, and he saw David, and he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy of hair and fair in countenance. And, and uh, the Philistine said, am I a dog? Well, yeah, you, you kind of are. But anyway, he says, am I a dog that you come to me with staves? He says, and... and and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowl of the air, beasts of the field. And then David said to him, You come to me with a sword and spear and with a shield, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And today, Bubba, <clears throat> that's not in there, but the Lord is going to give you into my hand, and I'm going to smite you. I'm going to take your head from you. And I am going to give the carcasses of the hosts of Philistine this day to the fowl of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly will know that the Lord saves not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he's going to give you into our hands. Well, it came to pass when the Philistine arose that he drew nigh to meet David. And David what? He what? He started running, not away, but toward the problem. Hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He put his hand in his bag. He took thence a, 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 a stone, slang it, smote the Philistine in his forehead, and he hit the floor. Hallelujah. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote him, slew him, and there was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his own sword, drew it out of the sling or the sheath, and slew him, cut his head off. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, guess what? They fled. Huh? And that's exactly what happens, praise God. When you get faith in your heart for whatever it is that God's promised, the devil will run. He knows when you do and when you don't. And when you do, he leaves because you win. Are you listening to me? So they fled. And, of course, now all of a sudden all of Israel's all fired up. Woo! Come on! And they, you know, chased him down and killed him. Isn't it amazing what one person could do with faith? How he can inspire so many others. I'm telling you, you're that person. You know, when you get in your family situations, praise God, you can say, hey, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God's bigger than any problem that we'll ever face. And he's more than enough to make sure, praise God, that our needs are met, our bills are paid. We have health. We got everything that we need. I mean, whatever it is. Because he's just that kind of God. And wow, it's already 8 o'clock. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Got to jump down here a little bit. You can't, now, you ready for this? Here we go. Now, now that I've got you all fired up, you cannot be afraid to go to battle. Now, if you want a little help along this line, I'll give you some words of wisdom from John Wayne. He said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. And that's what you've got to do. Are you listening to me? You know, he'll stand out there and he'll defy you and defy you and defy you until you finally decide that you're going to do something about your situation. I've told you this story many times, but, you know, I was a kid growing up. I was a pretty big kid all my life. I mean, you know, growing up proportionately to the rest of the crew. And I had this one little classmate, a little sawed-off outfit, didn't mount to anything. But, dude, he was so cocky. And the reason he was is because he had this brother. He had a big brother, you know, you know, big old beefy brother. So, you know, he's strutting his stuff, you know, because he knows he's got this brother to back him up. And he's, you know, he's, he's talking everybody down and talking his junk and this and that and the other, you know. And um, everybody was afraid of him, of course, you know. Cause, and, and, you know, it's kind of funny, he had his little entourage, all of which were bigger than he was, you know, following wherever he went. Well, one day he, I don't know, did or said something to me. I don't remember what it was, but I just went off. And I grabbed him. And I lifted him up off the ground, and I slammed him against the wall. And I said, you ever say anything like that to me again? I'll rip your head off or something. I don't remember what I said. Something, something kind, you know. And I just dropped him to the ground. And you know what? I never had another problem with him. He never bought. And it's just like the devil to do that very thing where our life, trying to back you down, back you down. back. And you, got, you have got to be willing to stand up and do battle. That's all there is to it, you know? And so, you know, you have to embrace courage. And, and thank God, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, you can do it. T take it on. Take it on. You know? Well, you know, we can't do that. I mean, after all, why not? Are you with me? I, we've got a couple in our church right now never rode, motor, never rode a motorcycle uh, until they're 70 years old. 70 is when George Howard started riding a motorcycle. Now, I will say, you know, thank God for motorcycle lessons, but you know what I'm saying. He got on that thing and rode. And, and now, in January of this past year, he turned 86. And him and his wife still, well, it's not on a motorcycle, but on a, uh, what do they call it? Can-Am, a three-wheeler. Now, most people say, well, you ain't got no business riding no motorcycle when you're seven years old. You know what? He didn't listen to that. I said he didn't listen to that. And they've had more fun and enjoyed more of life and all of these different kinds of things. Even to this day, just because people tell you you can't do something doesn't mean a thing. So I'm just telling you, praise God, you can't be afraid to take on or go to the battle. And, you know, it might be, you know, uh, deficiency and lack. Take it on. 
Say, God, you redeem me from the curse of poverty. And praise God, you said in your word that you'd supply all my needs. And you know what? I guarantee you that he'll probably say, it's about time. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So I got a story, but I can't tell it because I ain't got enough time. You know, um, it might be having to take on negative thinking and cynicism. Man, I'm telling you what, there's so many negative people in the world today. You don't need their help because they ain't helping you anyway. But you got to, again, you got to be willing uh, to, to take it on and, and to not be afraid to go to battle with it. You know, uh, you guys, you could do this. Whatever it is that you got going on in your life, you can do this. Your life can change. Absolutely it can change. You can do it. I know you can. You know, and, and, uh, but, but just embrace the courage and say, praise God, we're going to do this. My dad told me I couldn't have a mini bike, but I had one anyway. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of story behind all of that. He was, he was probably really right. I shouldn't have one, but I had one anyway. You know what I'm saying? Okay, enough about that story. Hallelujah. The Bible says, fear thou not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. So you just have to say, I refuse from now on to be discouraged. Discouragement's from hell. You know, and the thing about it is, is when the devil sees that you're, you're weakening under it, that, that it's becoming more encumbering all the time, he doesn't say, well, you know, let's give him a break. No, he piles it on. Are you listening to me? And the word of the living God is saying, hey, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. Because those are the two weapons that hell uses to try to keep you where you are or corkscrew you down into the ground. So don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Woo! Glory to God! You know, if you're having difficult, you know, um, here's another thing, you know, talking about taking it, taking it to them, going to the battle, praise God, doing what it takes. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you need to have that difficult conversation, maybe with your spouse. You know how many people don't, tell, they don't talk about stuff because they go, oh, no, I ain't going to do that because I know what that'll do. Sometimes you just need to go have the conversation. I'm not saying in an adversarial kind of way, but it's like it ain't going away. But you've got to have the courage to take yourself to the battle. Does that make sense to you? Now, I'm not telling you to go out and get in a fight with your spouse. But there's stuff in people's lives that they're not dealing with. Huh? And we could drill down on that quite a ways, but something feels funny here. Excuse me just a moment as I try to finish. <clears throat> facing, having the difficult conversation I mentioned, facing the financial need that might be in your life instead of ignoring it. You know, sometimes we, you, you can't keep doing what you're doing and have a different, you know, expect a different result. Sometimes you gotta, you got to make some changes. Now, I'm not proud of this, but my father, you know, he, got, he, dug, he dug our family into a hole financially. And my mother didn't know anything about it. So when she discovered, she says, what are we going to do about all this? He says, I don't know. Let somebody else figure it out. 
Well, that is the, I have a street word for that, but I won't use it. But that is the most cowardly thing that a person could say. Because you know who had to do something about it? My mom. Because he left it to her to have to deal with. Now, thank God she did. You know? And, but I'm telling you that there are things sometimes... Well, you know, you got to face what's going on in your life. Face reality when it comes to some of these things. Are you with me? Yeah, but I deserve this, and I should have that, and wah, 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 You whiner. There aren't any whiners here. I'm talking about the people that aren't here. Not you out there, because you're watching. Not you either. Just, you know, I'm just talking about how people are. You know? They whine. Well, I'm entitled. I'm this. I'm... They don't say it that way, but that's the way they act. Nobody owes you a living. Nobody owes you anything. Are you with me? But I'm telling you, there's God in heaven that will help you make a way if you're willing to do it. Okay, enough about all that. Got to quit. Uh, just don't be afraid. To, I got to close. Don't be afraid to take the battle to your nemesis. So begin to build a different vision for your life. Uh, many of you are already on your way to doing that, you know, but... Uh, so much of what people, you guys, so many things that people accept are being told, they're a lie. That's why we need the Word of God. Are you with me? So that we can know the truth and truth can make us free. And, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, if you believe, it's like uh, um, Johnson, um, Bill Johnson said, you know, if you believe the lie, you empower the liar in your life. So when you have the word, you can say, well, I don't believe that. That's not true. You know, the devil's always, you know, trying to tell you what, you know, how worthless you are. And it's, it's not true. Man, I'm telling you what, you're his workmanship. Can you say amen? So, so, so much of what people are told begins to be, it's, well, not begins. It is a lie and it holds them in bondage. I'll, I'll just use these quick examples. What parents have said, what guilt might be saying. There's some people that are just riddled with guilt. Well, thank God there's forgiveness with God, but you got to know that He is a forgiving God. Are you listening to me? Sometimes, you know, people are held by, you know, uh, not forgiving themselves. And that, that not forgiving them is talking to them all the time, talking to them all the time. The guilt is always talking to them, talking to them, talking to them. You know, some things that happen in our lives, we can't help. There are some things that happen in our lives. Yes, we made a mistake. We failed. But I'm telling you what, there's redemption. There's forgiveness. God is able to redeem. And so those things are things that you have to, you know, step up into where your life is concerned and say, I'm not having this anymore. Yeah, it happened, but this is the end of it. Does that make sense to you? You know, and there are so many other things about past failures and what they're saying to us, missed opportunities, lack of support, uh, insufficient resources. All these things talk to us. But if you can latch on to the vision that God has placed within your heart, my friend, all things are possible. Let's stand. Got to stop. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much. 
that you have given us everything that we need, the exceeding great and precious promises that are ours to enjoy, Father God, in order to have life and to have it more abundantly. So, Father God, as we stand before you this night, I want to thank you, Lord, for your grace in each and every one of our lives. As these men and women, those watching, you know, um, on the Internet, as they're here, God, I want, to get, I want to give this opportunity to each and every person that if there's a, a, a specific area or maybe there's more than one, and I mean, somehow or another, this, this word here tonight has, has brought this issue up into bold relief where their life is concerned, and, and um, they're ready for change. Father God, I thank you right now that as we, with our faith, approach you about these circumstances, Father, that you, by the power of the Holy Ghost, will wash and cleanse and remove, strengthen and grant ability and boldness and courage to each and every hearer here tonight, Father. I want you to follow me in this prayer tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your amazing grace. And God, you know my life better than I do. And I come to you this evening with this area of my life, which you know so well. And I choose to leave it behind, to step up in the battle and do what is necessary to enjoy the life that you've come to give me. Forgive me, Lord, for my unbelief. Tonight I stand before you with faith in my heart. And I just thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me in Jesus' name. Now, Father, again, I pray for every person here within the sound of my voice. Oh, God, strengthen them tonight. Let this be a word, Father, that encourages and lifts them up so that they can be the next David that stands to defy the Goliaths that are here or there or wherever. And I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in every life, every family, every home that is in this church because of your amazing grace, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, go ahead and be seated. We're going to go ahead.